Welcome to Slam Presents Hoop Ties with Amai K. Smith. I am the one and only. We have a very, very special guest on the show today, Jermaine, a.k.a. OG from Chilltown Hoops, also for Players' Choice Pod. How you doing, man? What's up, brother? How y'all doing? I'm doing good. Where are you, where are you located right now? I'm in South Florida. It's, uh, South it's, Florida? It's pretty nuts down here. It is. In Miami, right? Yeah, it's crazy. I'm, I'm not in Miami, but I'm, I'm not that mm-hmm. far from Miami. Probably, I'm, I'm a little... I'm closer to Miami than I am to New Orleans. To Orlando. Oh, okay, cool. So, OG, tell mm-hmm. me, like, how did you get your your start of covering basketball? And also, tell me, like, how did you fall in love with the fell in love with the game? Well, I fell in love with the game from my uncle. Um, he passed away a couple of years ago. He introduced me to the game when I was five years old. I've never seen anybody who was so in love with a specific player than my uncle. Walt Frazier was his guy. He couldn't get enough of that guy. Mm-hmm. Walt Frazier this, Walt Frazier that. And then it went from Walt Frazier to Jabal. It went from Jabal to Doc. It went from Doc to Bernard King. And he was the one who put the ball in my hand. He was the one who schooled me to the game. He explained to me how the game was, how the game worked. And it was just a love affair from there. So did you grow up, did you have a specific team or – you just kind of fell in love with the game of basketball in general. I, I did. When I was a kid, I, again, I grew up in the Northeast and I was a big Philadelphia fan when they had Doc and they had Moses and they had Andrew Toney. Um, I was watching them a lot. And then uh, when they got Barkley, that was an even bigger deal. Mm-hmm. But then those guys kind of went their, their way. And then I started watching the Bulls a lot. Um, yeah. Then guys started moving around a lot more. And then when guys yeah. started moving around a lot, it, it became difficult to just – be a fan of one team because you know you only had a guy for two or three years so but as an at, at an early age I was a huge Philadelphia 76ers fan that's crazy because the Philadelphia Sixers kind of got my start in the, the sports industry I had my first internship with the Philadelphia Sixers mm-hmm. I kind of grew up an Allen Iverson fan even though I'm from, from St. Louis Missouri I didn't have a specific team but yeah. like I kind of gravitated towards Allen Iverson just just because of like his presence on the basketball court and kind of what he meant to like the culture overall yeah uh, so definitely definitely respect growing up you know, representing the Philadelphia Sixers. Well, let's get right into it. Um, NBA Finals, you're in South Florida right now. Mm-hmm. We know the Heat are going to the Finals. They just beat Boston, beat them down. Tell me, what can the Miami Heat do to continue this historic run and beat the Denver Nuggets in the NBA Finals? It's, it's interesting, man, because everything that they are goes against the grain of what a championship team is. I mean, if you look at them in a regular season, they're at the bottom of the league in three-point percentage. They're at the bottom mm-hmm. of the league in three-point shooting. They're at the bottom of the league in offense, and they're a good defensive team. Well, now we get into the playoffs. They're at the top of the league in three-point percentage. They're at the top of the league in scoring. They're at the top of the league in defense. So all of these things that they weren't doing in the regular season, which got them into the playoffs as an eight seed, actually propelled them into the playoffs. And what they did to the Boston Celtics, which I'm not really sure that I can pick against the Miami Heat, because I thought that without this, I thought that I thought without Giannis, I still thought Milwaukee could beat them. That wasn't true. Yeah. I thought that the New York Knicks would just out tough them, considering what they had. Well, that wasn't true. And then I thought Boston would just handle them in five games, considering the talent that they had and considering the offense that they had. That wasn't true. So I'm looking at this Denver team and I'm thinking to myself, well, how can they beat them? Well, can they beat them with just grit and toughness? I'm not sure about that because Denver is just as gritty, just as tough. But what they can't do is they just can't outscore these guys because as mm-hmm. good as these offenses, Denver's offense is just as good. So this is a series that's going to come down to how are they going to handle Joker? Are they just going to let Joker eat and try to slow everybody else down? Or are they going to slow everybody else down 
are, are they going to slow everybody else down in addition to slowing Joker down? So this is one of those series that it could go either way. I can't pick against I, – I, I'm having a difficult time picking against Miami. Yeah. I will tell you that it's going to be a tall task beating that Denver team, a tall task. Yeah, I definitely agree. You brought up Nikola Jokic, and you talk about maybe the the game plan of maybe let Joker eat and then kind of try to stop everybody else. But I don't think – I don't really think you're going to, like – kind of stop Nikola Jokic, but it's just like for a defensive standpoint, what I like about the Miami Heat is kind of they throw, they throw different coverages. I think that's kind of like the game plan, the format they're going to have to do against the different Nuggets, throw zone, kind of play man, play full court, and things of mm-hmm. that nature. But for some matchups of, let's say, Nikola Jokic and Bam Adebayo, let's say Bam's guarding Nikola Jokic, what are some things he needs to do to kind of like stop Nikola Jokic for, he's going to get his, but not be, mm-hmm. making things more difficult. Well, one of the things that I think is important is ball pressure. And the reason why I say that is because Nikola Jokic reminds me of Peyton Manning. He reminds me of Tom Brady. If you just let him sit in the pocket and throw all night, he's going to destroy you. Well, if you just let Nikola Jokic stand 18 feet away from the basket with the ball over his head and just watch the offense materialize, he's going to pick you apart. So there has to be some ball pressure on him. Problem with that is that you can't crowd him too much because he's good enough. He's fast enough. He's athletic enough where he can get around you. Not only can he get to the basket, but he can get into the mid range. He can get into the mid post and he can be effective there. So if he's, if he's going to do that, then you're going to have a really tough time at least slowing him down. Forget stopping him. So I think you got to switch up your coverages with him more than anything. So one of the things that I think is really important is just getting ball coverage on, getting ball pressure on him and not just getting ball pressure on him, getting ball pressure on him early and often. Yeah, that, I, I definitely agree because sometimes we see see him play the point center position. He's bringing the ball up the floor. Nobody's really on him, stuff like that. I think that's very smart. Put a body on him, make him feel you early on, and then keep switching. I feel like the Los Angeles Lakers, even though they lost the series against the Denver Nuggets, I kind of like what they were doing where they had Rui Hachimura kind of guarding him and kind of letting Anthony Davis roam. Maybe right. you do that strategy as well. Maybe you say like, I don't know, maybe Kayla Martin. All right, you're going to play on some possessions, and then we're going to have Bam roaming the paint and things of that nature. Um, but for us, like, other X factors in this series, who's a guy that has to play big for the Denver Nuggets and also has to play big for the Miami Heat that most of your casual fans wouldn't expect that's going to help them propel either team to kind of reach the mountaintop? Well, you just brought up a number of different guys. Number one is Caleb Martin. I mean, Caleb yeah. Martin is a guy who a lot of people don't really know much about. And he played a lot of minutes this year for the Miami Heat. And he also was on the crew last year and he played in rotation. But he's a guy who I think as the series, not just this series, as the playoffs has gone on, his confidence has grown immensely. Well, with his confidence growing, you see him doing a bunch of different things, him stretching the defense more than anything, not just him stretching the defense, him being a defender. I thought Spo did a great job in that Boston series. Number one, implementing him in the starting lineup. And then number two, sending him to the offensive glass in addition to the defensive glass. Because now what that does is that slows down other teams transition game because now we got to deal with this guy on the offensive glass at 6'6 the athlete that he is he's extending plays for them so I think he's one of the guys that's going to be a big deal in this series Gabe Martin and I'm sorry Gabe Vincent who is a guy who can break down your defense another guy who nobody really talks about a lot because he's an undrafted player he's a guy who's also developing a lot of confidence and him getting in the mid him him getting in the mid-range in addition to shooting the long ball him I think he's going to be huge one of the guys that we haven't talked about who is basically a forgotten man because now he's in the rotation. That's Kyle Lowry. I think Kyle yeah. Lowry's been really good for these guys in rotation. As opposed to him playing starter minutes, 
him playing spot, not spotty minutes, but him playing the minutes that he's been playing and him being the, the vet that they didn't have, him being that guy on the floor, I think he's going to be huge for them. I just I just think it's going to be a tough time dealing with them offensively, and plus because they're so big, man. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's going to be very interesting. And Forrest, like you brought up, Kayla Martin, you brought up Gabe Vincent, things of that nature. Talk to me about being there and kind of – we talk about Kyle Lowry. We talk about Coach Spoh. We talk about Jimmy Butler. Talk about, like, having that finals experience. How much does that benefit those guys? Because this is a team of the Denver Nuggets. Never been to the finals at all. We got players like Kyle Lowry. He's a champion. We got mm-hmm. Coach Spoh. He's a champion. Arguably the best coach in the game. We got Jimmy Butler that was – putting up historical numbers when he played against the Los Angeles Lakers in the bubble. How much is experience in the finals going to help the Miami Heat? Well, I think experience is going to help them. But, I mean, as good as you are, the fact that you aren't experienced, it doesn't hurt you that much until you actually get that experience. And they need that. The Miami Heat absolutely need that. And they got a coach who is a championship coach. Their leader not only is – Jimmy Butler been to the NBA Finals. He's led teams deep into the playoffs. So just off of that alone, you got a guy that's essentially saying, listen, I don't have enough heart for me. I don't have enough heart for you. I got enough heart for every last one of you in here. I just need you to roll with me. When you got a leader like that, I mean, it's a little bit different. I mean, you walk a little bit taller. You stick your chest out a little bit more when you're rolling with a guy like that. So when you're talking about Denver, I mean, Mike Malone, he's been – a part of a championship culture. I mean, his father coached the bad boy Detroit Pistons, so he knows what that looks like, right? Yeah. So with, with with a guy like Joker, who now has his full squad, he has MPJ playing the way he's playing. He's got Jamal Murray playing the way he's playing. KCP has actually won an NBA championship with the yeah. Los Angeles Lakers. So he has that sort of experience on that crew. But a leader like Joker, who is, is so good offensively, I just think that him alone, we're following him, I don't think that experience is going to matter early as much mm-hmm. as it will late. Everybody's right. going to be, everybody's going to have butterflies, I think. So give me, give me, give me a team then. I know you said you gave me both your points, talking points and analysis on Denver Nuggets, analysis on Miami. Who's going to win the NBA finals? I think Joker is the difference in this series, man. I think Joker is the guy as good as Jimmy Butler is, as good as Bam is, as good as that mm-hmm. offense is with the Miami heat. I think the way that, the Denver Nuggets play off a joker is just unmatched. They get whatever they want, whenever they want, not just because of Jamal Murray and how good he is offensively or the way MPJ shoots the basketball. They get all of this stuff because of how good Joker is offensively overall, the way he passes the basketball, the way he scores the basketball, the way he gets himself in position to get everybody else shots in addition to getting him shots. He just does a multitude of things, man, and it's going to be hard to slow that down. And I don't think Miami can match that. As good as Bam is defensively, I don't. I just don't think Miami can match that. Yeah, I'm a. I'm a roll with. I'm a roll with the Heat in seven. And the reason why I'm a roll with the Heat in seven, it's just something about this run that's just been kind of crazy, and it feels magical. You know, it feels like yo, it's just something we can't explain. We talked about you said early on in the podcast. You talked about how they were last in three point percentage. They're not really a great offensive team. Even they were a great defensive team, but it's just like they started off early on losing a lot of games. Like they had, right. a, the, they had to win a play-in game to make it to the play-ins, the playoffs. So it's just like I a just feel like – A dog fight, by the way. A, a dog, dog fight, and they were, and they, and they were down. They were down with three minutes yeah. left, you know. So it's just, it, it just feels like this is a historic run. This is the first time we've seen the AC reach the, 
not in recent NBA finals, but of this magnitude, I would say. Right. But it's just kind of like, I feel like, I don't know, I just, the, the Miami Heat had a bunch of dogs on their team. They I do. think we talked about those guys about being undrafted. I think they feed off that energy. Right. Constance is, they're undrafted, undrafted. That's all they hear. But those guys, they're undrafted, but they made their way to the NBA. They made their way to the, the 450 players in this league. It's just like, it's a reason why, like, they're in the NBA. They have that dog mentality. Coach Spo has that dog mentality. Also, Jimmy Butler has that dog mentality. So I'm going to roll with the Miami Heat in seven games. Now, I want to ask you, OG. Now, it came out, Dwight Howard said an interesting comment about Nicole Jokic. He said in his, in his peak, in his prime, um, he's, he feels like he's a, a better player than Nikola Jokic. I want to know what's your opinion on that. Well, what he said was he would dominate Joker. Now, yeah. in all now in all fairness, like we, mm-hmm. we can't forget who Dwight Howard was. I mean, Dwight Howard yeah. had a five year stretch from mm-hmm. I believe it was 07, 08 to thirteen, where I mean, he was the best big in the game. I think he finished yeah. in the top five in league MVP votes for them five years. One year finishing second. I thought he actually should have won the league MVP in 2010, 2011. I think Orlando finished in fourth place. I think he went 22. 12 and three that year he was just mm-hmm. completely dominant just not mm-hmm. not only was he dominant offensively we're talking also about a guy who was racking up defensive players of the year regularly yeah. he was doing that so he was elite on the defensive side of the basketball and he was a damn good offensive player now the idea of dominating joker when i think about dominating i think about how Shaq dominated matumbo and i'm thinking to myself right. wait a minute big fella i'm not going to say that you would dominate him because Joker being the offensive player that he is, the way he gets up and down the floor. And I, I don't think we talk nearly enough about Joker, how good he is in transition, not just with the basketball, but without the basketball. I don't think we talk nearly enough about that and how he would basically rim and when he would run rim to rim and how that rim would run, yeah. how, how he how he would rim run, you know, run rim to rim, how he would how that would basically give a lot of problems to Dwight Howard. Add that to the fact bringing Dwight Howard away from the basket where he could shoot the long ball where he can shoot the mid-range, where he can operate 17, 18 feet away from the basket. Dwight Howard hasn't had to deal with anybody like that. Now, a lot of people will tell you, well, Dwight Howard shut him down in the bubble. Well, number one, that's not the same joker today than it was three years ago. That's number one. Number two, Dwight Howard only averaged about 15, 16 minutes a game. So I'm having a difficult time believing the logic that you're going to shut somebody down only barely playing a quarter. So I don't know if he's dominating him, but I I don't want to diminish who Dwight Howard was because he was awesome. Yeah, he makes the top five, top seventy-five list kind of cringe a little bit. Him not being on there. Dwight Howard, like you said, he was an yeah. eight-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA player, and he's yeah. the only player in NBA history to win three Defensive Player of the Year awards. But I want to also bring up another conversation in a row. that's been in a row, in a row, only player ever. So I want to bring up another conversation that's been kind of you know, getting a lot of buzz. Scottie Pippen. So Scottie mm-hmm. Pippen basically came out and he had some some takes on. Michael Jordan, the Bulls teams, and things of that nature about like basically saying that before he arrived there, he basically was saying that Michael Jordan, the Bulls, wasn't anything until Scotty got on and they became a team and they won a championship. Mm-hmm. What is your thoughts on that? Because I feel like it's some truth to it, but at the same time, Michael Jordan, I felt like was Michael Jordan even before Scotty Pippen. Well, I want to start that conversation with when you think about Scotty Pippen and you think about how good he is as a player – the first thing that comes to mind is he played with Jordan. And yeah. that's what he's attached to. As awesome as he is, people forget the fact that he was awesome. And the first thing that they bring up with him is he played with Michael Jordan, not realizing that Scottie Pippen was an all pro. 
without mm-hmm. Michael Jordan. He was an all-league defender without Michael Jordan. He was a league MVP candidate. I think he finished third that year in league third, MVP. Third, yep. without, without Michael Jordan. So we got to see who Scottie Pippen was once Jordan stepped away from the game. We didn't know he was that good. And the fact yeah. that he's the fact that he's being labeled as a, a sidekick, which don't get me wrong, in some instances it's a good thing, but I think when you talk about Scottie Pippen, he's one of the most underrated players in NBA history simply because he played with Jordan. That's all he has to listen to, the fact that he played with Jordan. And this, it sounds to me, as bad as it sounds, what Scottie Pippen is saying about Jordan being a horrible player, which is not true because he wasn't a horrible player. Because right. when you get into the league at that point, I mean, we're talking about before he got Scottie Pippen, his first three years in the league, you're still trying to establish that you can stick. Yeah. You know, it's not about championships when you show up. I don't, I don't know where we get that logic from, guys. You know, as soon as they walk through the door, it's about championship. Nah. No, it's not. No, no it is not. not. These guys. Showing your showcase and your talent. Right. It's, and, and Jordan was absolutely that. Jordan was an elite scorer. He was an elite defender. He was durable. He played every night. He wasn't a horrible player. In fact, Michael Jordan was elite. I think what Scottie Pippen's issue is, is how people talk about him, not just in comparison to Jordan, but the fact that what they did was basically just off the strength of Jordan. When in reality, yo, I was awesome when I played, man. I mean, don't get me yeah. wrong. Jordan was awesome, but I was awesome too. And the fact that you guys downplay how good I was, it gets to be irritating after a while. Yeah, I mean, they, I think they were the best duo in the league. <laughs> Michael Jordan and, and, and Scottie Pippen. Also, we talk about, I thought Scottie Pippen in the 90s was a top five player. That's just well, me personally. And then, well, go ahead. Well, to give, you, to, give you, to give you some quick insight, in the last 40 years, there have only been seven, I'm sorry, eight duos to be first team all NBA together. Yeah. That would be Doc and Moses, Bird and McHale, mm-hmm. Kobe and Shaq, Carl Malone and Scotty, Carl Malone and John Stockton. Uh, let's see, Stoudemire and Steve Nash, uh, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Uh, and we just mentioned Jordan and, and Jordan and uh Jordan and Scotty. Okay. I'm sorry, seven yeah. seven guys as a duo that were first team all. I think I'm leaving somebody out, but I think it's is seven it Kobe, or eight guys. Did you say Kobe we, and Shaq? Said Kobe and Shaq. Uh-huh. Okay. Said Kobe and Shaq. So when, when you're talking about guys that do something like that, where talking about a guy in, in, in Scotty Pippen and Michael Jordan, like you just said, in terms of a duo, that were not only first team all NBA, they were first team all defense too. All defense. They had the perimeter on lock. It was crazy. Right. And then so everything. That, that, yeah, everything everything you say is 100% valid. And I feel like Scottie Pippen doesn't get the credit he deserves. He was averaging 28 and 6 when Michael Jordan went away in retirement and things of that nature. So he's mm-hmm. he's a dual four. He's a player and this next this last this last question um that I'm about to get into. He's a player that I feel like if he was in today's era, he would be a max. Oh, yes. He he'd be a max player. So that's why this is the last question uh OG. Like who are your five players from the past? that you feel like if they played in today's game would be a max player or, or dominate the league or be a superstar? There's a few of them. Um, I think that this game is tailored for a lot of guys who mm-hmm. played when I was coming up. Um, I think Magic would be fantastic in today's game. As fast as the game is, the big guard that he is, the distributor that he is, where he played in the mid-range, how he played in the open floor, how wide open the game is, getting three-point shooters, shots like that. Not just getting three-point shooters, shots like that, getting bigs involved in the game like that, like he would. I think Magic would be fantastic in the game today. 
I think Larry Bird would be awesome in today's game, considering how smart so he is. Yeah, how smart he is and how skilled he is. I think he would be fantastic. My favorite player, with the exception of James and Jordan, my favorite player, I think Dominique Wilkins would destroy this league if he mm. played in today's game. I think Dominique Wilkins would kill anybody in front of him, considering the bucket getter that he was, not just the bucket getter that he was, the fact that you can't really put hands on guys and you have to play through, you didn't have to play through contact today as much as you did back then. I think Dominique Wilkins would destroy this game today. I think Hakeem Olajuwon would be fantastic playing in the mid post, playing in the mid range, the transition player that he is, the offensive player that he is on the block, the defensive player that he is, not just the rebounder, but the paint presence that he is. I think he would be fantastic. That's just to name a few. I think Barkley would be awesome in today's game. I think Malone would be awesome in today's game. There aren't many guys that I look back at during that time that I'm thinking to myself, I'm not sure that he could play. There are plenty of guys that I look back on, Terry Cummings, Alex English, I think Bernard King. Um, these are plenty of guys that I think today would be, and point guards in particular, I think John Stockton would be awesome in today's game. So there are a lot of guys that I think today that played back then would be awesome in today's game, Mark Price included. Give me a couple role players. Like we, you, you named a lot of stars that in the mm-hmm. 90s and in the past and things of that nature. Give me a couple role players because a guy that I feel like would be incredible in this game, played on Chicago Bulls. It wasn't Scotty. It wasn't. Michael Jordan was Tony Kukoc. I feel like he yes. was a decade, a decade, a decade early for the European like mm-hmm. surge. And to be yep. honest, there's no Luka Doncic without Tony Kukoc. Tony Kukoc was a six ten <laughs> forward that can handle mm-hmm. the ball, that can pass the ball, and that can shoot. And and we talked about like being on the Chicago Bulls and a lot of players on the Chicago Bulls. If they had their own team, or if they mm-hmm. was in a new another situation, I feel like they would be dominating. Um, Simmons are some of the players that we talked about. So give me like so, two more role players that you feel like would so, be a, a star level in this era. So a role player, because, of, because again, we're talking about a game that's offensively driven. We're talking about a game that, that you play wide open. I think Derek McKee would be awesome in today's game. Derek McKee, okay. who used to play for the Indiana Pacers, six foot 10, could shoot the long ball, could get to the basket. I think he would be awesome in today's game. Another guy who I also think would be awesome in today's game, I think Anthony Mason would be fantastic. I think Anthony mm-hmm. Mason, what he did was he he enhanced like Scottie Pippen. He enhanced the point forward logic where a guy yeah. at six foot seven, six foot eight could handle the basketball and get other people involved. And I think Anthony Mason, one of the bruisers who could think, think Julius Randle, except a better offensive player. I think that that's mm. what I'm looking at when I think about a guy like Anthony Mason. I think he would be awesome in today's game. Him and him and a guy like Derek McKee. Okay. Definitely. Well, Jermaine, I want to thank you for coming on, man. You Absolutely, let, brother. Let the, let, thank you so much uh dropping your knowledge, especially having a, a guy that's like knows the historic game. Because it's easy to talk about and have people on and talks about like the modern game, but it's always important to pay homage to the past as well. And you definitely did that on this podcast. Yep. So let everybody know on Slam where you know we can follow you um and all your content. I'm on uh I'm on I'm on the Players Choice on YouTube. I'm on the Players Choice Network. The show's called okay. The Panel. It's on eleven Eastern. Uh, eight Pacific. Um, I'm on there Monday to Friday. Um, I'm also on a show called Chill with Chill, Wednesdays and Saturdays at uh, 5 p.m. Eastern. I'm also on a show called uh, Fluent and Chill. Myself, myself, guy named Tony, and a beautiful young lady named Haley, Playmaker Haley. We do that on Thursday nights, nine o'clock Eastern. Um, I'm also on TikTok, Chill Town Hoops. You can find me there. I'm also on YouTube. Uh, also called Chill Town Hoops as well. So you can find me there. So I'm not hard to find, man. This is what Thank I'm you. doing. Thank Absolutely. you. Definitely appreciate it. Jermaine, Chilltown Hoops. We're going, man. Peace. Yep. Thanks, brother.